During the Great Depression, American industrial output plummeted, and over a quarter of the American workforce was left jobless, shattering the easy optimism of the 1920s. The Depression, caused in part by industrial and agricultural overproduction, laissez-faire economic policy, and the Dust Bowl, was the start of a worldwide economic downturn. The hiking of the U.S. tariff under the Smoot-Hawley tariff spawned reciprocal tariffs around the world, leading to a decreased worldwide trade. The Great Depression lasted over a decade, and the American economy was only revitalized with World War I. However, the Democratic Roosevelt administration, inheriting the Depression from Herbert Hoover, did its utmost to minimize the impact with the National Recovery Act and fireside chats. Today's podcast of A Push It Real Good is by Valerie Villegas, John DeZao, Andrew Kui, and Lena Kim. We are going to be recreating a crucial feature of Franklin Delano Roosevelt's presidency, his New Deal, through his popular evening radio addresses, Fireside Chats. Ladies and gentlemen, this is KDKA of the Westinghouse Manufacturing Company based in East Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. From our station in Allison Park, we broadcast to you this week's evening special on the latest in American economic and political situation. It is a great privilege to welcome Mr. President Roosevelt onto the show today to deliver the first fireside chat of the year. Per the White House, this will be the first of several such chats with the American people designed for the President to brief Americans on the American recovery effort. Now over to you, Mr. President. Friends and countrymen, the time we live in brings great strife to the American people. But let us never fear to fail, for all we have to fear is fear itself. I thank you for your continued support during the first 100 days and ask for your sympathy over the next few months. First, I would like to discuss banking, specifically what has been done in the last few days to alleviate the crisis. When you place money in a bank, the money does not just sit there until you withdraw it. Rather, banks invest your money in other areas, in bonds and loans, helping out other borrowers and generating income for the bank through interest. Recently, many of you have inquired about your money in the bank. It is impossible for everyone to simultaneously receive their money, as banks maintain only a small fund for incident withdrawals. That small fund is intended to satisfy the day-to-day needs of bank account holders. Over the past few weeks, we have seen numerous bank runs by citizens whose confidence in the banks has been undermined. Friends, over the next few weeks, hoarding of money will become most unfashionable, as the wheels of agriculture and industry start turning again, and I thank everyone for their continued cooperation and patience during this time of hardship. Recently, many have seen the closure of banks by the federal government. A bank holiday has been declared, and I assure you that this is a positive measure that will lead to a speedier recovery. The banks will be reopened following the passage of the Emergency Banking Relief Act. This act was a product of our congressmen as a temporary measure to sustain the American capitalist system and to prevent future catastrophes. I assure you with the passage of this act, banks have been integrated under the backing of the federal government and secured deposit insurance. Now, it is both safe and beneficial to place one's money in the bank. Safe because the banks will be linked in a nationwide interbank system in contrast to the old standalone model and beneficial because your money will contribute 
to stimulating American economic activity. Thus, I deeply encourage Americans to reinvest their money in the banking system. My countrymen, this decade shall be a decade of renewal and revival. Granted, the path is rocky and perilous, but let us begin, for the worst action is inaction itself. Looking to the future, I promise the New Deal, through the recovery of our financial system, relief for struggling workers, and reform designed to prevent future hardship, we shall be catapulted through the process of recovery at breathtaking speed. Indeed, legislation is already on the table, including the Unemployment Relief Act and creation of the Civilian Conservation Corps. The Unemployment Relief Act authorizes the executive branch, in conjunction with states, to organize and oversee large public works, such as maintenance and construction of highways. The Civilian Conservation Corps, too, shall be created. Young men of America, I urge you to join the CCC, which will provide much that you are looking for, work and health. These acts shall provide food where there is none and hope in times of despair. Now, Democratic Senators Glass and Stiegel shall now detail their plans to restructure the banking system. Although still in the making, it is scheduled to go before Congress this May and provides many exciting new changes. I urge you to stand with us in support during this difficult time. Remember, the success of America depends on the intelligence to make informed and logical decisions and to persevere over frantic emotion in the most difficult of times. Our Banking Act will ensure the creation of the FDIC, or Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Originally, a fatal flaw in our banking system was that individual banks operated separately from the federal government, meaning that savings would be lost when an individual bank failed. Unfortunately, the economic struggles we are currently facing evoke panic within citizens, making them cautious and wary of how to spend their money wisely and efficiently. It has become a common trend for people to rush to their bank in hopes of obtaining their deposits before the banks run out of money to withdraw. Since so many people are demanding their assets and the banks are not receiving any income, citizens lose their money if banks shut down. This will no longer be a problem when we enforce a stable system, such as the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or the FDIC, will be used in order to restore our country's faith in the banks. It will provide deposit insurance to depositors in U.S. banks. The bankruptcies caused by bank grants that led to the panics and poor financial health will be eliminated by the FDIC. As our President Roosevelt has said, we will no longer rely on unsound banking in the future. The actions of the FDIC will also work to regulate and supervise state, non-member banks and extend federal oversight to all commercial banks. Furthermore, it will prohibit banks from paying interest on checking accounts. All in all, the FDIC will allow all citizens to trust the nation's banks and feel assured that their money is protected. It will also separate commercial and investment banking, as stated in the act that Senator Glass and I have enacted. Now, Senator Glass will mention some additional useful legislation designed to improve housing. The Federal Housing Act will facilitate home financing, improve housing conditions, and increase employment for home construction. Home loans will no longer require large payments due at the end of a loan period. Rather, with the FHA, the introduction of low down payment home mortgages will reduce the amount of money needed to pay upfront to as low as 10%. 
It will make credit available to lenders at the home for home improvement purposes and will create the Federal Housing Administration. The Federal House Administration allows an applicant status to be evaluated holistically instead of adhering to strict guidelines that would otherwise exclude many beneficiaries. Many thanks to Mr. President and Senators Glass and Stigall. The economic changes of the Great Depression have forced many of us once prosperous people into great poverty. Following is a dispatch of special correspondence from the notebook of one of our correspondents. Walking down the streets of Pittsburgh, we have observed numerous shanty towns filled with impoverished Americans. Others, however, are more fortunate to have retained their property, but have been hit hard nonetheless by the Depression. Fellow Americans have liquidated much of their original property at only one-tenth of the buying price. As we continue into the 1930s, this situation is bound to become one which will have a long and tedious recovery process. Next on our show is an interview on the current events and developments from Senator Stigall, our Capitol Hill correspondent. Are there any specific legislation responsible for our current position? Now, as we all know, the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act of 1930 was an act implemented by Senator Smoot and Representative Hawley, which raised U.S. tariffs on over 20,000 imported goods. More officially, it's known as an act to provide revenue, to regulate commerce with foreign countries, to encourage the industries of the United States, to protect American labor, and for other purposes. Although some predicted this tariff to help the country's economy and trade exports, it only hurt us in the long run. There were many retaliatory tariffs that our foreign trading partners used in turn, which greatly reduced our exports and imports by more than half. It can be said that this mistake has hugely increased the effects of the Great Depression that we are now in. And now, to lighten things up, we take a short break with a short story submitted to us by one of our readers. In the eyes of many people, Charlotte was slow, noisy, and inefficient. But in my opinion, she was a delightful presence. I was thrilled the first time I met Charlotte one evening in 1927, standing proudly on our front porch, her powdered blue chrome and silver wheels gleaming with the freshness of that spring. Once I took her for a ride all the way down to Main Street on a sightseeing tour, that was the farthest we had ever gone. She was that Chrysler Model 75 and was a gift from my father as a going-away party valued at $1,500. So it was a shame when we found out all of our bank savings had evaporated that cold October night and hard reality hit us. Charlotte would have to go. What an unfortunate story. It is true that hard times call for drastic measures such as the sale of one's prized property, as in the case of Charlotte. However, there is hope. America's gross national product has already risen, while unemployment is slowly yet steadily declining. Over the next few years, I place my full confidence in the continued rapid recovery. I predict that the American behemoth will get off its feet and start sprinting forward. Increased economic activity will improve individual livelihoods. First, we must get to work with the pressing practicalities. I urge all citizens to reinvest their money in the bank, which will be the first crucial measure. The Federal Emergency Relief Administration has been created, an act which will provide employment to millions of people. Its purpose is to grant $500 million in relief to state agencies who will in turn delegate public works. The Americans have no reason for personal hysteria, and I thank the American public for listening. Stay tuned for another Fireside Chat. This concludes this Fireside Chat. Come back tomorrow.
As you can tell, these chats showed how focused, dedicated, and caring President FDR was. These chats restored hope within society that they would get past the hard times of the Great Depression because Roosevelt was doing everything he could to stabilize the economy and society. Thanks for tuning in.